Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, Mixologist. This is your host, Moni, and you are listening to Mixing with Moni. Okay, so interesting things are happening. I'm recording now more with no shows on than I was when shows were on. And that's simply because I have a little bit more peace in my life right now. I'm taking more time for myself. I hope you are too. I hope listening to this podcast is one of the ways you do that. Um, couple things. I recorded an episode with Ryan Bailey. I'm very excited for you to hear it. There are a couple moments in the beginning where I do cut out. I would love to explain to you why. I simply don't know. It's technology. I'm not in a studio. I don't have a bunch of people who can come and do it. And most people don't know that. Podcasts are expensive for something so free, okay? So I enjoy doing it. I would love to do a studio one day. I still don't even find it safe to even go to one. But there are some people who have engineers and producers and They go to a studio, they have sound engineer and stuff like that, and they just record content and it happens. Um, I am going to, I did try to edit it as much as possible. However, so much of it, I just want you to hear, and you can hear Ryan perfectly. So how about this? We will just, excuse me, never listen to me. Just, I don't have anything important to say. Ryan has so much fun, interesting information. And as soon as I started realizing that I was cutting out a little bit, but he wasn't, I just let him talk as much as I possibly could and, you know, gave my occasional question or commentary because, you know, I got a lot of that. Um, And yeah, that's it. Following my Instagram rants of how people still find it confusing that the black podcaster with the show that talks about being a person of color and the Instagram bio that talks about me being black and black lives matter. And people are still somehow confused that I talk about race a lot on my Instagram and they don't understand why. And I'm appreciative of all the different avenues that have shouted me out recently. But honest to God, if you're just coming because you're like, Oh look, I followed a black person or I listened to like another POC voice and I'm really increasing my flag of people that I listen to, but you don't want to hear us actually talk about our experiences and you can keep it. You can kindly just not listen to those people that sent you my way and you can just, unkindly fuck off so that's cool you know that's what we'll do but if you're interested in learning growing also having a good kiki a good funny moment a good you know hilarious situation a meme uh, a shady post a shady poll that I love to post you know then yes by all means come on come on follow me on the Instagram and the Twitter and everything like that but understand I can't turn off being black and having experiences the same way you can't turn off being a mom and having experiences or a woman or a man or a certain sexual orientation or gender identification whatever the hell we can't turn the things off that doesn't mean we don't deserve escapism I too deserve escapism which is why I do try very hard to enjoy myself when I come on this podcast however I can't stop experiencing what I experience. It's too deeply embedded in my experience as a black woman in this nation. So 
forgive me if that still sometimes comes up every once in a while. Maybe if we eradicate racism, I'll, I'll talk about it less. Give it a try. See what happens. Okay. Um, we are going to start this week's episode off <laughs> post rant with a lovely little black excellence, still looking for a working title. Um, and here's what's going to happen a lot of things have happened since the murder of Rashard Brooks in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, he was the young gentleman who was inebriated and I guess, you know, took the taser from the cops allegedly and then was drunk in a Wendy's drive through which have you been to college? That's pretty much every sorority girl, frat boy, shit, me. <laughs> we've all had moments. If you went to college and you enjoyed yourself in the party scene, we've had moments of being drunk in places that we probably um could have been our home instead but it happens and unfortunately and sadly he was murdered and shot um a few times by a police officer after offering to walk home you know it was a reasonable interaction until it just wasn't and it took the city by storm in Atlanta and a lot of um things ensued like cops called out like 115 I think something you know cops called out uh, 170 Atlanta officers called out of work sick, uh, basically went on like a little strike. They did not want to serve the public because they wanted to be in solidarity with their um, fellow officers who turned themselves in for, you know, this shooting that did not need to happen. And after they were fired by the mayor, not charged yet, but they were fired and that is the reason why they walked out, not because they were charged. Because, again, they turned themselves in immediately. Um, well, not immediately, but they did turn themselves in. And that still did not, their firing did not sit well with their fellow cops. So they walked out in solidarity. And after that happened, um, Rayshard Brooks was his name. He had a widow. And this widow had four children. And... The widow's name, I believe, is Tamika. And Tamika Miller had four children. She is the widow of this man. And one of the beautiful things that I've ever seen happen is the combination and um, contribution of two fantastic black restauranteurs and owners of restaurants in the Atlanta area. One... um, is the owner of a very popular restaurant called Big Dave's Cheese Steaks. His name is Derek Hayes. And he got along together with my girl, Pinky Cole, who I'm a huge fan of, who is the owner of Slutty Vegan in Atlanta, Georgia, with burgers. It's literally the best vegan burger joint you will find, I think, ever, anywhere. And you can literally go to Atlanta and challenge me on that. She has done pop-ups in New York and the lines have been eight, nine hours long. She does has a restaurant in Atlanta and her lines are long every single day, every single weekend, even though it's been there for quite some time, okay? And she really, really puts her heart and soul into them burgers. You could be a new vegan, an old vegan, a non-vegan, and you will swear there is beef in that burger. And it's not because it's a vegan burger. And they got together and they really did something amazing for this woman and her family, Tamika Miller, um, who was the widow of Rashad Brooks, they 
got insurance policies, life insurance policies for her and her kids, a brand new car to help with transportation and scholarships for all four children to, to attend a historical black college and university in Atlanta, Clark Atlanta university, very popular school. Um, so that is one of the nicest things I've seen happen. As you know, there's been so many things that have gone on with the Atlanta PD and everything, but this is the kind of community we love to see. I, it's taking care of this family. This is the humanity that, you know, I love to witness. So I really wanted to share this story. If there's any way that, you know, their family's accepting donations or anything like that, obviously I will link it as well. Um, when I promote this episode and fun fact, Phaedra Parks apparently organized the funeral for Rayshard. That's no shade. This man deserves a fantastic funeral. I just didn't know if Phaedra was going to be the one to do that. But okay, girl, you know, whatever you can contribute. So we thank you also, Miss Phaedra Parks, for your contribution to honoring this man who should be home with his family and his wife and should have been here. So um, whatever it takes to honor him appropriately, we will take it, even from Miss Phaedra Parks. So I loved the quote that I read from Because of Them We Can from... Um, uh, the restaurateurs, um, especially Derek Hayes saying, if we're all in this together, we got to show that we're in this together. And that is the simplest way to say, that's just all it takes. We just got to be in this together. Okay. So that is my favorite black excellence story that I read this week. I will be talking about more. I got some great responses and offerings of black excellence stories while I still work on the title. I will still continue to share these with you all. And moving on into before we get into the conversation with Ryan Bailey, yeah, things that I'm watching. One thing that I, gives me joy that is not reality TV related, The Politician on Netflix by Ryan Murphy, Mimi Leaks' former boss, Ryan Murphy, um, the man who could not make a role for her work no matter how hard we tried on Glee, on The New Normal, on everything else, but it just didn't work. She ran off to California to be this big actress and came right on back to Atlanta to be Miss Leaks. Um, yeah, it's fantastic in the sense of season one was a knock out of the park. I w fell in love with it for so many reasons. I love the way they just perform humanity and they don't really make a big deal or big fuss out of being accepting or progressive. There are different gender identities, different disability and ability uh, identities there. Um, there's no ableism. They talk, but they talk about these things, but without making a big fuss of things of like a transgender person being on the show, they're not going to talk about it as if they did something great by having this person involved, even if it's in a, in a good way. He's just there. Like people just sleep with people and it's not in some sordid, like, oh my God, they slept with the same sex and they have a boyfriend and you know, she's with a girl. It's like, she's cheating on, it's not a big deal. It's like, okay, so these people have an affair and then like, okay, these people have an affair. So that's over. And now these people are just, you know, casually hanging out or now they're in a throuple or something like that. Like it's just Things just happen organically, naturally. They don't make a big fuss out of accepting people for who they are. It's not the important part. And that's kind of the whole thing. It's like, look at how easy it is to still have a fantastic plot, be super dramatic, and everyone still be kind of narcissistic assholes without being bigots. More about that later with Ryan Bailey. But legitimately, 
it is one of the most well-written things I've ever seen. It stars Ben Platt, who is a phenomenally talented actor, singer, Broadway extraordinaire with all the decorated honors and awards. Um, you know, of course, it comes from Ryan Murphy, who has had many a hit. You know, the American Crime Story with the O.J. Simpson trial, the Gianna Versace murder, the Glee and um, American Horror Story, Pose, The New Normal, where, you know, Nene was fired when it got canceled. Um, that's no shade in Nene. I like Nene. I just, the acting was not for her. But she's, she's, she was fun to watch briefly. Go look at The New Normal online if you can find it. It might be hidden away. They might have thrown at it to the wolves, honestly, and act like it never existed. But the politician does exist, and it's written phenomenally. Ben Platt is great. Um, they have... So Bette Midler, they have Gwyneth Paltrow. They, I think in season one, January Jones is there. She's like married to Matt McDermott or something like that. And there's so many great people in this show. The underrated characters that you would never even know, they're great. The ones you've never heard of, they're great. He hired people regardless of all the things. So it is a really, really phenomenal show. And I really think you guys will enjoy it, especially while you're waiting for more trash television to come in a form of reality. This is active trash and it doesn't force these thoughts and opinions down your throat. It shows so many different sides to the arguments of ageism and climate change and all these things. And it lets you make the decision. And then it tells you like maybe people are just really one dimensional or really complex. And that's something that we can explore in both ways without hurting other people in the process for their own human rights. And it's done in such a subtle way. So I highly suggest the politician on Netflix. It's one of the many things that are coming out right now, even though we are in a pandemic and shooting shows seems to be really difficult, but a lot of things are getting canceled on Netflix, but 55 new things are coming. So I'm just like, where did these shows come from? Were they in the vault? Are they good? Do we, what what do we do with them? Because we're canceling a lot of things and we're bringing a lot of things new. So... I don't know, but this season two of The Politician was funny. It was witty. It was dramatic, but not in an overwhelming way. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it already. If you can't get into it, I say try again. But if you can't, then, you know, let me know what you're watching. And so that being said, what none of us is watching right now is Bravo. But somehow I still got over an hour's worth of content with Mr. Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast. He has a fantastic show that plays a lot like a radio show. More about that when he comes on. And we are going to dive deep into the world of all the Bravo news and some of the things that were on TV when we were watching them, what we have to look forward to because we're a lot closer with New York coming back the first week of July and Beverly Hills coming back July 8th or 9th, I think. I think it's the 8th. So with that being said, without further ado, Mr. Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. All right, guys, as promised, welcome back. And I am here and I'm so excited to be with the incomparable Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good, but also it's always good with him. So like the shows are mighty bad, but this is always a good time. I'm so happy to have you back. Thank you 
so much for coming on, Ryan. I hey, already you. I, I was called incomparable, so it's already uh, <laughs> worth. It's already worth it. Worth it. Uh, let's. I mean, like, let's mix. We promised the folks a good show, and we will give. I mean, I am ready. For, I I've had a ice cold brew from Starbucks. Oh my I god, my me mask. too. I wore my That's... mask. I went over. I wore the mask. I'm ready to go. I'm hyped. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing better than talking with you. So I'm. The last time I talked to you was the day after my birthday and like the week of your birthday. And I was so hungover. I remember just like laying on a couch talking to you in misery, wondering if I made any sense at all. No, it was amazing. I think that was so much fun. I mean, that's just true Taurus style. We still keep going because once Tauruses are like in motion, they stay in motion. (laughs) But when they're not in motion, we are like... (laughs) dead to the world <laughs> wait wait that's so true though like when i'm like i'll just lay there like i will just lay yeah. there and i will i will i mean it it's weird like i when i'm in motion you're right i could totally stay in motion for long periods of time but if i check out i'm out to everyone right you know if there's nothing for me to do on that day's calendar and you ask me to do something even if i say yes i am vehemently searching for a way to get out of it i just need to stay relaxed but if i have a lot of things <laughs> on my calendar i am like let's go let's do it i'm i mean today i like socially distanced got <laughs> food to go and then i was like let me get my hair colored and i was i literally okay so this sounds irresponsible to go get my hair colored in a pandemic but here's what happened my salon decided to close for good like they're not coming back so I waited oh. until the very last day with the last stylist with only me in the salon. <laughs> and that is when I went <laughs> and I made sure I was the last person on her docket. I literally booked four hours worth of service because I was like, you're not scheduling anyone in between me. There will be no cross contamination. She came in for me. She stayed for me. She left after me. <laughs> and, she, like, and she never worked again since. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I mean, she's like, I've been with her for years. So I was like, listen, I'm immunocompromised. I'm really nervous about this. I really take this pandemic seriously, but I also take my roots very seriously. And something needs to change. And if it won't be Corona and that won't change, my roots need to change. One of the other <laughs> needs to happen. So I, like, posted, I, I, posted, I posted a photo of myself today. With my, I have not gotten a haircut since this started. And it is. it looks like I used to joke because my dad had the same hair in the 80s with just like this huge, like curly, curly, wide, like huge head. And I used to say he, he hid a family up in his hair, a second family. And right now I could hide anything in my hair. It is so large. And I'm not oh going to go get a cut. And I need my beard trimmed. Like, I'm starting to look like uh, my friend made fun of me, the Unabomber. Like, it just looks scruffy oh everywhere. My and I'm just hiding myself away from the world as much as I can until I can safely get a beard trim and a haircut. Right. I mean, honestly, like, I did that. I go out probably, like, once every 17 or 18 days. Like, I literally go out and then so much anxiety happens, like, for me just going to the grocery store that I'm like, let me quarantine for 14 days just to be sure. (laughs) Like, just to make sure. So, essentially, I'm only buying groceries for my self-isolation. Like, that's pretty much it. I mean, I know people hate to hear all this stuff, but it's like, I have zero problem wearing a mask. Like, I have zero problem. Like, oh, I yeah, have, mine are cute. Mine match my outfits no, now. 
Yeah, I got a housewife one the other day. I was Love really that. excited about. I have a Batman one. I I mean, like, but also I'm not like like I'm not like showing like I've never been one to like, hey, I want to show off my face, so I don't care. And like I just find it I don't find it hysterical, but I find it so bizarre that people like there are so many things wrong in the world. And the fact that like complaining about a face mask, like, I, I mean, I really hate to get up on a soapbox, but like I have a 96 year old grandmother in an assisted living facility and she's Me wearing too. a mask. She's and my Nana can't leave the complaints. house. And I'm like, I'm doing it for my Nana. Like I love her so much. Also my mom, I like, I came home and quarantined with her, but I have to be responsible. Like I, she is immunocompromised. She's older in age. I have to be responsible about that. And I normally, like I talk about on my podcast all the time, I normally run summer camps. I love my summer camp yeah. job. It is my favorite job in the world, but I'm also studying to be a teacher, which means in the fall, there's a great chance I will be like in a classroom if they're open. And so I made the conscious decision today that I'm not going to do summer camp. Like they promoted me. I was so excited. And I was like, they have a great protocol in place. But my concerns, I was like, some of the people who will be like my direct supervisors are going back and forth between different camps, which are in different states. Because here in the D.C. area, it's really always D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Everything we do is D.C., Maryland, Virginia. So there's always the three of us, but they all have three different laws. So like though in D.C., we're all required to wear a mask like at camp. In Virginia, it's optional. So like my boss going back and forth between the two places, I was like, oh, no, see, that seems like a lot. <laughs> so being around like 100 <laughs> kids all day, I was like, I just would be nervous if I gave anything to a kid, if a kid gave anything to me, like if a parent, like I just was like, it's too much. So I had to just be like, you know what? Let me selflessly just decide that I don't uh, need to do this right now. And I'm yeah. gutted, but it's like, you know what? We didn't, nobody, saw, this is no one's fault, right? Like this is no one's fault. No one saw this coming and trust no. and believe if people are concerned, you don't even have to worry about your like getting on a soapbox about people thinking that their rights are infringed upon if they have to wear a mask. You're asking me. I literally like all all of my. I'm fighting constantly on Instagram for my <laughs> quote unquote rights yes. to not be infringed upon. So like, you, you mean please. you mean all I have to do? You mean all I have to do is wear a mask? That's all I have to do. That's it. That, that's like, you know what? Like, you know what? You know what I find hard and infringing on my rights when people used to make me do math. I hated math. Like that to me was like hard. That low key like, is an infringement. But wearing a mask is so easy. I find it harder to wear jeans nowadays. Like I can't. Oh my god, me too. I had to go get. Uh, this is crazy. I had to go wear a mask and gloves, and I went to an Old Navy for the first time. Because I Old Navy is like my jam. I love Old I Navy. I love Old Navy. Because I'm, I'm really, really good. Of <laughs> it's inexpensive. But I had to go because it turns out, like everybody, I put on a I put on the quarantine fifteen, and I had a shock the other day when I started trying to like, oh, I might have to go back into society with work and stuff. And so I started putting contact, my contacts in again. And I started, I tried all my jeans and they didn't, it was so shameful. There was only one pair of jeans that fit kind of. And then I was finally like, you know oh, what? No. I have to go get in an in-between pair of jeans until I can work off my quarantine 15 from all the cheese I ate. And I, but even going into Old Navy was like, you know, they were only letting in a couple people at a time, which I appreciated. You had to wear your mask the entire time. And there was no complaint. I went in, I got my big, my big boy jeans, and then I got out of there. 
Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's the way. To be frank, that's kind of like how I like to do things. I'm prepared for there never to be a lot of interaction between me and a lot of other people ever again. I'm okay with it. I'm <laughs> yeah, really that's, good. That's, that's why podcasting is the perfect. Yeah, idea. because it's so funny. People really think that because like I have a podcast. A, that I like attention. It's the complete opposite. I am really good at conversation in a situation. Like, I can talk to anyone. I don't want to be the center of attention, though. It's like a really weird situation Oh, my there. God. You, you, you hit it on the head. Completely. It's so it's like, strange. Is that like, a Taurus like, thing, too? Loud, yeah, well, well, people are like, you're a loud mouth. Or, or they don't say that, like, in a mean way. But, I, you know, I'm so talkative on the podcast that when I'm off the podcast, I'm really reserved. And you can ask, like, my, my close friends, they don't, I don't like to talk on the phone. I would rather text you. Please just text me. Oh, my God. I would God. rather be on Instagram than I would rather see you in person. And I get really um, shy. I, I like big crowds, but I get I get shy in them. I'm not trying to be the center of attention. And I, I really rarely. Too, but... I, but with podcasts, I don't even think about it as, as me. I think about it as a conversation with everybody. And I'm just happy to be part of some kind of cog and some kind of wheel. So yes. like this community we have. Whether it be, you know, Monty or at, at No Bravo or like all of us, like we have this little small thing that I'm just happy to be a small part in the wheel of. And it's like, you know, we've talked about this. Some of this is a Make-A-Wish Foundation for people that I never thought I would have the opportunity to speak with and people that are pushing me outside of my comfort zones because I never thought of myself as a smart person. I just thought of myself as somebody that really, really weirdly loves reality shows. So to yes. be able to be able to hear new ideas whether it be from you or 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 i talked to pet shop boy uh from instagram who was amazing and like has so many cool ideas on his instagram like i just like i'm trying to keep up but i'm just so happy to be part of the conversation you know yeah no i absolutely agree like i just love talking to the people i can't see i love y'all even more because you're not talking back to me and i can't see you and it's like it's always i always say it's the weirdest thing whenever someone will say like they listen to me like I see the numbers I know that people are listening but I'm just like hi like, I, it's, like <laughs> it's just me like I just feel like I ew, like if it wasn't a pandemic I would just want to go get coffee with any of you people at any time yes, like, but it was like one-on-one yes. like oh my god let's go I, get I mean, cold that... brews let's compare how we get it doctored like I, I did it well, not an idiotic thing. I did it in like during the quarantine and all of the, you know, these past couple, I was putting, I was, well, I have these show notes and I was putting my actual phone number in the show notes at the bottom. I know this every like, time. I was like, oh, this is, this is, you know, I know this is a hard time. If anybody's really desperate and needs somebody, I'm here, you know, and I know some people were like, well, that's idiotic. But I meant it in the purest way of like, hey, if, it, you know, I was, scared multiple times during a lot of this time quarantine and and i i the sadness i felt uh overall these past couple of months you know but it was like hey i uh, the listeners i really don't consider it a fan of me i consider it like a two-way street and uh a friendship in a way you know it's just that yeah. they're not able to fully talk you know yes like someone dm'd me something and they were like you know i've never said this to a stranger before but i also don't consider you a stranger i was like thank you that's all i'm saying <laughs> like we're all basically friends until you're an asshole and then basically it's fuck you but other than that we're all <laughs> friends well like, wouldn't you love 
don't you ever like i have these weird fantasies and not in a, but like is that i would love it to be a big group of people where i could just play music with my like all these like i love music so much and i would just love to have everybody in a room and dj and like you know just like so play music and talk and like i use i have this like like I, I usually do a dream sequence on the podcast of me going to dorit's room at buca de beppo and uh, we take a huge party bus of a thousand listeners. It's like the biggest party bus ever known to man. And we just have the best time as a group of people. But I think that's like sometimes the best thing to like think of these these people that we're all part of this group that are listening to each other is like, God, how amazing it would be to one day party together, you know? Right. I constantly think about it. I'm just like, it's just a bunch of people who like to watch the same shows that I do. And I have a lot of things to say about it that only you people want to hear. So we're just all like talking about it. And I really enjoy that because what am I going to do? Like make friends with the Bravo liberties because that's not always the nope. best idea. That, that's, Sometimes that's not all it's, cracked it's like, it don't meet not... your heroes or your villains. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I was, uh, yeah, you just, it's very, you, you be careful what you wish for in that sense, whether it be any of these people the real treasures are the people that watch these shows and the people you meet and the ideas that they have, not the people themselves. And we've seen that. So, I mean, that, that sentiment that you just said has been hammered home to us these past couple of weeks. I mean, brutally hammered home. Oh yeah. Do not look up to these people. Like these are people like anybody else, any of these, you know, it's just the fact that there was a camera on them, you know, and they continually making the wrong decisions and so we can love them for entertainment that they like, you know, uh, maybe season one, Stasi said one of the most amazing lines and we'll always have that and appreciate that. But remember that speaks to her character and it's not something that you should emulate, you know, basic bitch is not what we should be emulating anymore. We got to get past no. the basic. We got to get, <laughs> we should actually we gotta, be a little bit more complex. <laughs> yeah. We got to pivot, you know, it's, multi-dimensional. It's let's pivot. <laughs> It's not enough to be basic anymore. I think that's, I think if 2020 has taught us anything is that it's all right. And what we need right now is to push beyond basic. And it doesn't mean we can't enjoy each other. It doesn't mean we can't laugh at each other. It doesn't mean we can't make mistakes, but it does mean we can't settle for just liking Ranch and Game of Thrones. We got to go further, you know? Yeah, because that's, uh, to me, I thought that was pretty standard, but it's fine. How we build a whole <laughs> career around it, I don't know, because... Game of Thrones was like the most watched television show of like any production or something like that. Like I'm like, that's pretty standard. It's not proprietary that you like Game of Thrones. We all like Game of Thrones. So it's like, I love, I love ketchup, but I don't scream all the time that I love ketchup. I'm uh, in love with ketchup. Ketchup is the best. We should all love ketchup. Shout it out how much I love ketchup every day. I want to swim in a bath of ketchup. (laughs) It would just get like, hey, I, and by the way, I'm not, I am very pro ranch. I am very pro ranch. I love ranch. It's delicious. so I love, I love all condiments to be honest. It's like with you. so what? Okay, yeah, so I love ranch too. So yeah, have you ever had a good go? buffalo wing? Of I course, you love ranch. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah. By the way, I am not. I do not have an anti-ranch agenda at all. I'm very pro-ranch. No. I just think that I can assume that most people like ranch. So then I don't need to. I don't need to applaud somebody for liking ranch. You know. Right. I'm more anti building a personality and a multi-million dollar brand based on things that are pretty standard that are open to everyone. 
shows that are watched by tens of millions of people, that's not, you don't have monopoly on that. Like, you don't have monopoly on Game of Thrones fandom. There are plenty of Game of Thrones parties being held around the country. Around the world, probably. I don't know. Like, if well, you just haven't watched it around the world, then maybe you should. I mean, you can just join in on the group, because we all could like it. Well, you didn't, you, you know, you, you've known me only, like, this last year or year and a half, but, like, I used to, like, 10 years ago, I was super into, like, um, like Comic-Con, and I love Batman, and, like, I still love reality shows, but I also had, like, I would collect these, like, collectible toys, and, you know, then I got divorced, and I packed up all my stuff, and I, did, I, I was just talking this week on the podcast that I, I unboxed all my stuff in the garage. I had been leaving it there after storage. And I came across all of these toys and you forget what kind of person that you used to be like. And I saw all these toys, which included a Game of Thrones toy. And I was like, this is not me at all anymore. You know, those like when you see the person that you used to be and yeah. you, you've grown way past it. So like, you know, I just feel like that with like the ranch and the Game of Thrones and like stuff like that is that I think we're growing. We're moving past that. And it's OK. Like. It feels weird for everybody, but we need to move past it. You know, like we're not um, we're not uh, we're not required to stay the same people that we once were. It's so interesting that you say that because it actually brings a really good segue into Vanderpump Rules because it really does feel like half of that cast understands this concept and the other uh, the other half like can't look past it. And they're not explicitly saying that, but it seems like this is the end-all be-all for them and they never saw anything beyond this for themselves. And I used to think to myself, you know this can't last forever, right? Like, we're not going to get Grey's Anatomy type of longevity out of freaking Vanderpump Rules. Even though it's they not going to happen. Even though Jack says in interviews that, that he could see it lasting for 20 years because he's an idiot. If I'm watching Jack while he's 60, I have a problem and I need to be committed. Like, something's wrong with me. So... But Imagine thinking again, you're that interesting that you could like. When he's I mean, not, even, even movie stars aren't uh, aren't. Even movie stars don't have the longevity past five years usually. You know, think yeah, about they usually move stars. on. A lot of them start saying like, you know, they'll ne- they'll never do TV. They'll all of a sudden they're doing a TV show, and then they might do a reality show, and so we all go back down the chain at some point. So it's like. There are some of them that we did not foresee being the most prepared to move on, but it's also the ones that we did not give all of our attention to. And by that, I mean, of course, the entire Vanderpump Rules cast shares a shit ton of attention. They are all very much so, you know, under a microscope and stuff. So we do love our Sheenas and our Toms and things like that. But then we're also always like the most if you look at the hashtags for instance behind like a Jax Taylor and a Stassi Schroeder they're the most and yes that's the last time I will say her name I go by name redacted s that's what I call her (laughs) um but they are the most hashtagged of the entire group so naturally they're having the hardest time letting this dumpster fire go so let's let's get into that dumpster fire a little bit because some things are going on beyond name redacted you know going through you know biology changes she's not the only one apparently we just found out that actually sheena has suffered a miscarriage after about six weeks or at the six week mark and and that's at the same time as we find out that um Bo is having a baby with his fiance. Yeah. So, or a baby girl, uh, technically, with his fiance. So, 
That's interesting because uh, it's a lot going on at that one in that one party right now. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, God, there. I mean, there's so many things to be said about that. But like, just to start with your point of, there's half of the cast that seem one way and half of the cast that seem the other way, and that right there is why I believe the show did not work at all this season. Is because once you start splitting into these two different ideologies, um, you know, it's really hard to come back. You know, and it's really hard to even pretend that you can be friendly with these people. And it's a really clear dividing line between those people. And it seems like Sheena has never pretend to be anything other than Sheena. Love her or hate her, we all know what we're getting with Sheena. You know, like we, we, and so that's when, you know, it does, when you hear about a miscarriage and you see the the egg journey that she's went on and and how important that was to her. And I had spoken to one of her friends, uh, Janet, on the podcast, who had really spoken about that egg journey and how intense it was and how we really didn't get to see a lot of that on the show. And I understand why we didn't get to see it, but it really did happen to Sheena. She really did every day give herself shots, every day not drink. She took it so seriously. And then for something like this to happen where you have a miscarriage, you know, you get to see how much this stuff does mean to her. This, you know, so it does break your heart. You know, Sheena's journey, you know, no matter how you think of Sheena, you know, she's a very real person and it can break your heart. And then on the other flip side of that, then you have Stassi, who I'm not begrudging Stassi anything. I uh, I don't think anybody's begrudging Stassi anything, but uh, she has had a very different life than Sheena. And it's, um, I can be happy for somebody uh, having their baby and still question and be horrified that they're using a baby in terms of a PR campaign and the way they've gone about it. And it just shows you how, you know, the cards that life deals you can be very different, even if you look at Sheena and stuff. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I, I see this as, I wish so badly that we had gotten more out of Sheena's journey. I think it would have been nice to see the people who are, you know, moving on and evolving and going through some things that make them a little bit more complex and a little bit more human see that on the TV show where they're constantly portrayed as monsters, like all of them. At some point in time, they're all going to be a monster. And I think it just didn't work with the grander scheme of what they want the show to look like. But then that's also why this show doesn't work anymore and why it's having it's it's really hard for it to stay afloat at this point because no as much as for instance you can either loving love or hate lala no one wants to see a woman go through all these changes of finding the love of her life getting married you know being engaged getting married not even hating this man randall he's actually gotten a lot of positive feedback on the show And then seeing her still be a miserable bitch to people. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't fit the idea of Vanderpump Rules for not being a miserable bitch to people. People love the whole, you know, yelling at Raquel in the middle of a restaurant during brunch service while on the clock and calling her a Bambi-eyed bitch. But you, it doesn't really connect that you're happy as hell, you're in love, you have this big, beautiful home, you're a stepmother, but you're also so miserable that you're yelling at an ex-friend's girlfriend. It doesn't make sense. So, but, so then what, what do we have? Because if Sheena is preparing to be a mother one day and she's feeding her eggs and taking that next step and has a good boyfriend and is actually settling down, what does that give us for boy crazy wild Sheena who we love or some people hate or hate to love because I think Sheena is like the backbone of this goddamn show. So, 
<laughs> what do we have though? So it's like what well, they're I mean, all on a different place it, now, whether they want to believe it or not. It's just crazy that it really coincides with where we are right now as a society. You know, it's like we use these shows as escapism, but then at the same time, it has become all too real. And not, you know, it's become all too real in the the outside events of Vanderpump Rules, whereas the show itself, still trying to be escapist, doesn't work anymore for us, for most of the people, because it is so fake. And all this real stuff is happening for these people outside of the show. So it's, you know, we can't then watch this show and be like, oh, my God, the magic of Jackson Britney's wedding is sweeping me away. Like, no, we have yeah. so many feelings locked into these people and we see their behavior, whether it be on social media, whether it be like these causes that they support to try to get attention, supposedly, you know, like, you know, we've always talked that our, the audiences have gotten so mature in a way. I mean, like I have, and I'm still a child, but we've gotten so mature and so smart that we know when something's not real. Like, that's why, you know, we, all this season, you would, you would watch something and you'd be like, oh, this reeks of fake, you know, this is not it's real. very edited. We noticed all the differences and, one time there's a necklace, the other time there's not. I actually think this um, season reminded me of season eight of Game of Thrones, just to keep that reference. It feels like everybody just gave up. Like, they're just doing their best to get it out and not even doing it well. And so they're just like, you know, here's your show, and then that's it. But then want to, you know, bitch and moan when the show is probably going to end itself at some point. I did not fully watch the reunions. I said all the time that I planned on doing it. And it was something I planned on doing. The world kind of very much so disappointed me in a very different way. And I got very distracted during that time, yeah. naturally, because it just oh, didn't wait, wait, seem wait, important. Oh, wait, 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 Monty, was, was something happening? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just a couple things, a couple civil rights happenings. Um, little things like that, you know, nothing major, just some civil rights yeah, yeah, updates. Some, some, some little, little house yeah, things, yeah. Some human rights were being broken, but nothing too important, you know, yeah. also causing... It was over in a couple days. Right, you know, days. riots and protests ensuing so people can feel safe in their own place and home oh. again, but also a pandemic, I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe you missed the Zoom reunions for that kind of stuff. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Where are your priorities? I mean, to be fair, I was like, I had a lot of people DM me like, girl, I am a white woman, and I didn't want to watch these white people complain during this time. I'm tired. And I was like, thank you. I just was like, the last thing I want on my mind right now is literally a bunch of, of new money, Gatsby-style, new money, privileged white people who are on this show to seek fame take attention and my attention away from things that I need I just need to fail out right now and pay more attention to and that's not to say like I didn't look for other escapism I just didn't find it a Vanderpump Rules it wasn't going to be that so well it would think you know you really saved yourself because especially that third one and watching Jack's meltdown repeatedly that it was so frustrating because you just realize you know there are there are shelved lives on these shows. And I feel like we've gotten mm -hmm. to one at Vanderpump Rules because it's like they did a super cut of every time that Jack said he was a work in progress. Every oh, wow. season, they did a super cut of him saying the exact same line, reunion after reunion, and he said it again. And it just made you go, man, like, wow. You know, I, I hold myself to a standard trying to change things year after year for myself. And like things that are painful, like things that I know I fucked up on. 
and to realize this man does it for a soundbite and there is no real work put in. If this guy really has mental health issues, you know he's not going to a therapist or checking medicine because even in that reunion, it, it, was, it came out that Randall had paid for a very good therapist for Jax and he skipped the appointment. Wow. So I have heard about change, that, but to hear the real details. Yeah, why yeah. honestly, if you're not gonna change like and I even heard also that like people were really impressed and I if someone who is such a big mental health advocate as I am, I you know, I live for my therapy appointments. It's probably my favorite freaking day of the month. And for Ariana, I hear that she pretty much was like, you know, if he's really struggling with that, like, I hope he gets the help that he needs. And she like, didn't take the opportunity as much shit as he gave her for, you know, being bisexual. And apparently I guess using that against, I don't know him, like what the hell. And then, you know, her being depressed, which, you know, was the main reason I stopped watching the show because I didn't like the way they were handling her mental health and her depression. Like I wanted to follow up immediately that she was getting help and I wasn't going to get that from that show. So I just decided to just nix it all together. And for her to be like, you know, I hope he gets help he needs. Like, that is clearly a sign of someone who is in therapy. I like to call that therapized. Because yeah. it is like, this is not even about me. Because if that's really what he's going through, it's a bitch. So I'm not going to take this opportunity to be a bitch back. That's, it, I, it just, it's leaps and bounds. That her and her uh, partner are over that man yeah. and his well, and, and that's, bride. That's a, exactly. And that's. I mean, I, I, I've been postulating on the pod this last couple of weeks of what can we, ex, you know, what can we expect out of our quote unquote reality stars? What do we expect? Because we watch these people for the train wrecks. But where is where is that line? Where do we draw that line for ourselves as viewers as, OK, this is past a point of I'm comfortable with is, you know, this is past. Like, what are those lines? What do we expect? And I think these people, you know, you you deal with them all the time and you're you're smarter than I am. So you have to actually get into philosophical arguments with them. <laughs> you know, is that is is that, you know, where where do is, I think people are scared that they're going to lose their train wrecks if we have to hold people up to actual standards of living? You know, is that right? You know, it's like. You you would you would hope your friends around you would hold up to some basic standards, or you wouldn't be friends with them. So why can't we expect the same of our reality stars? Like, hey, we're still cool with people cheating on people. That's acceptable. Like, you know, we, <laughs> you, we, can, deal, we can we can deal with like basic lying. But I think isn't the the you know if somebody's going to be outwardly racist or human rights, uh, you know, somebody's not going to accept somebody's else's standard of living that's when it should cross anybody's line i would think right i read a really good article i forget which one it is i did post it i'll probably do it again oh about you knowing how to read wow (laughs) where the writer was like you know i'm a fan of problem a fan of anacom rules they were talking about the whole stassi and faith thing and they were like pretty much it's a very sobering reminder that these people are also still humans in the world. So we see them as monsters on TV. And yes, that does provide a level of escapism. And even I am guilty of using it for that. Obviously I have a Bravo podcast. Of course I like the stuff for the escaping of it, but there's a time where you're like, whenever I would sit and be like, Ooh, that makes me really uncomfortable. Something about that is not right. I don't even think twice about it being like, well, this person's also going to go out and vote. This person also is going to go out and be <laughs> a wait, like, and be someone's 
customer at a restaurant. Like, we see Ramona being awful on TV and awful to service people, but we don't even think she's, like, doing that regularly out in the world. Yeah. And that's like, wait a minute, well, that's a problem. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. be okay with some of this like she can be rude to Luann sure they signed up for that but the poor person <laughs> who got that table and god bless them is just trying to make their money and live their life and go the fuck home now all of a sudden they have to be subjected to the likes of Ramona Singer and we're what? like oh she's yes. awful to that person on TV but I'm like well she was also also awful to them in real life like we saw for eight minutes she was probably there two or three hours that poor person <laughs> well two thoughts first off wouldn't it be amazing to have a show where we go behind the scenes of those service people and have to hear their stories of survival around housewives oh yeah I fully want a lot of updates almost every time I watch a housewife show I am just like so where is that person now what is yes. that person doing? Can we get a mic and a camera on server B in the back corner who is looking at them like, what the hell? And it always more so interests me the ones who look indifferent. Because they're, I'm like, so what was going on beforehand that what I'm seeing now that is like impressing me and concerning me isn't concerning you? What was yeah, going it, down? <laughs> it, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I, I I want to know what the cameramen, their stories. Like, imagine talking to the cameramen having to film some of these meltdowns in public and apologizing to the staff of all these places after they finish filming. Like, they, right. they, they seem like horror stories, you know? Not to mention, so many times I've seen, like, the same couple restaurants are always used. And that's, that's not lost on me that it's probably because only but so many places are going to let the New York Housewives come in. Even in yeah. New York. There's like <laughs> yes. some of them is like all publicity is not good publicity, honey. Like I'm I don't want that. So I feel very strongly about you know these people being regular individuals who are supposed to be responsible citizens, but yet we're acting like them on TV is yes, it's fake, but a lot of it is based off of who they are. So they can't turn it on and off. Like, Jax is still someone who goes out in the world and does things. And that concerns <laughs> me. Well, where do you fall on the, I get this comment a lot, I'm sure you do too, on Instagram, is, well, you're just burning it all down. What are you going to do when you burn, okay, yeah, fire everybody, you're burning it all down. Like, where do you fall on that? Because it's something that I think about a lot of, like, because I really believe that Jax Taylor should be fired. You know, I believe he's a good villain, but I believe it's gotten past the point of uh, entertainment for me, just watching as a whole everything he's done outside of the show. Um, you know, where, where do you fall on, like, burning this house down that we used to love so much? So where I fall is there's no such thing as, like, quiet reconstruction. If you ever have a house built, it's fucking mm -hmm. loud. It's annoying. It's stressful. It takes longer than you expected. But the thing at the end can be very beautiful. And that's exactly how I feel. I don't think we can build a house with these people. I think that they're, they are tearing it down. It has nothing to do with, you know, firing everyone and we'll have no one left. They're legitimately making themselves so fireable that we look like assholes if we don't do it. If we don't say <laughs> something. To be honest, if people knew what Jax Taylor said about Billy Lee and her involvement on the show and why she basically had to leave the show and why it got so hidden 
And then we go every season after that with him acting like he is the biggest thing walking at Pride and that no one cares. He said it even this season. No one wants to see them. They want to see me. I'm like, they don't want to see a transphobic, biphobic, awful asshole at Pride. That, don't, that, that does not even equate. And I'm like, I can't keep watching them. It, it even clicks for me. I'm like, the way this person is and then what we're watching them try to profess to be this doesn't even feel real. I'm, I know we're all... Why would I want to watch a show that we're all watching collectively to hate on? That yeah. doesn't seem okay to me. And not to mention, yo, there are assholes everywhere that are not against basic human rights. Like, they're, they're really good at it. Like, you can really find a fantastic person who is very bitchy, but also like, loves everyone and hates everyone. Like, is non-discriminatory, equal opportunity bitch to everyone, but also is not trying to get people's, like, rights revoked or, like, locked up or jobs taken, things like that. Like, things that are, like, real monstrous. I think we should find those people. It's, it, it's, people are acting like we have to make allowances for yeah. bigotry. <laughs> I just won't yeah, yeah. do it. Like, I don't believe that's possible. I don't believe that's my only option to have escapist television. I just also, don't foresee that being the case. Well, also, you know, in the, you know, in regards to you brought up Billy Lee, but it was the the same thing with with Faith. Is Faith wasn't claiming any kind of moral high ground in these last couple of weeks. She wasn't claiming that she was never like she wasn't claiming that she did not do anything wrong. I mean, she very she much didn't admitted. even want to talk about it. I was just listening to your show that you had where you did an amazing interview with her. And she was like, oh, girls, I was not, that wasn't what I, my agenda. People were asking me about this. And I was like, girl, I talked about this years ago and no one gave a fuck. Yeah. Why am I talking about this again? People think it was some sort of like, um, uh, you know, planned out uh, attack on Stassi and Kristen. And the reality of those things is like, we all have this kind of like she did an Instagram live and people in those comments were asking her all of these questions. She answered those questions and then the fans from there did their work. Faith was Because the host the also had never really heard this story. So the host was like, wait, well, she what? Didn't even, she, yeah, she, she had no clue really. She knew about Vanderpump Rules but wasn't a fan or watched it. So she was even, but the thing is, Faith was talking about a specific instance. Faith was not. What she wasn't doing was saying, oh, and I was perfect the whole time on the show. Like, she admits she cheated with Jax. She admits, like, but that wasn't what we were talking about in this instance. You None know, of that is like, also she, illegal, and you can't get thrown yes, in jail for any of it, that, nor should you know, cops be calling you for it. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying, is that there's a different, like, we can still, like, cheating and all that stuff is a different thing than calling cops on somebody and, you know, uh, basically attacking somebody's character in a way different way that actually involves the color of somebody's skin is way different than cheating on somebody, even if it was for attention. But the thing is, you know, people are just saying, like, they were all up in my comments about, like, oh, how, how dare she? She's trash. Like, wait a sec. Do you, first off, you didn't listen to the interview, first off. That's obvious. And, and second right. off, that's just not, like, I just... I, I hate people and I'm trying to like think about that myself as well. Like if I have a friend, am I, am I for my friend regardless of what I hear? And I guess at times in, in the past I have done that, like, Hey, I'll just back you no matter what. And I think we have to be smarter than that as people nowadays is that like, 
you know, we got to hold our friends to a high standard. We got to hold our friends. And it doesn't mean you don't love your friends, but it also doesn't mean your friends are perfect. And I'm talking about myself as well. I've had friends call me on shit that I've done that might not have been the coolest thing in the world. And, you know, those are the real friends that like say, hey, I love you enough to tell you this is so out of the, this is so out of pocket what you're doing. And I, I, I right. just, I feel like a lot of these, these Stasi fans, uh, these Stasi supporters, they just blindly go about somebody thinking somebody is doing her wrong and attacking her. And it's like, wait a second. Right. We have like, y'all, she's also not recorded. She's also not fucking running for president. Like, can people calm the fuck down? Like, this is television. Like, it's like the people think that she legitimately has been, like, life ruined. No, actually, she lost a few sponsorships because she's so big. She'll be fine. If anything, she'll just get bigger. She will get bigger. No, no. There, there, and I've talked about this many times. There was two ways, and and I hate to even talk about S because I know it's not your favorite topic, but it just is that there, there, there's two ways this this could have gone. And you know, I feel like she could have gone away, possibly done a Kylie Jenner, disappear for nine months, actually learn from her actions, actually show that she was doing good, rehabbing, learning, and I think she would have come back really big, and it would have been such a positive way because she does have a way of reaching young girls that I think is very important if you got the right message mm-hmm. across, I think that's a very I, and by the way and this is something my dad's really trying to instill in me is that like you know there is right and wrong but don't count anybody out don't just like you know don't, you know we gotta have some some tr- we gotta have some sort of hope sometimes we gotta let people learn you know even if right. that is the most hard effing thing to do and I sometimes really really don't want to do that uh, but but if she could have been a good voice, but it looks like she's not doing that. It looks like she's so clinging to fame with the the PR move she's making that it really, I'm all for her having a baby. I think that's a very joyous time. And I hope she can really, really love this time for her life and for her baby and with Bo. Um, but the fact that, that, that then it's then presented to us, like nothing has happened in her life the last month, except for this, like that, that turns my stomach a little bit because it is such an important time and she could be part of the healing of a lot of those things. And she's the right voice to do it. You know, like we need, you know, we need people like that. You know, the fact that she's like, I feel like it's rewriting history in a way of like, instead of taking any kind of responsibility, it's like, why are we, why is it so hard for any of us to admit we're wrong? Why is it so hard for any of us to admit that we screwed up? You know, like if you can be sorry in your heart, you can like we say, I mean, maybe definitely more me than you, but I say stupid shit all the time, like all the time. I mean, it's not as bad as what's, you know, what S has said, but I, I, I genuinely want to learn and to listen. And it just doesn't seem like she wants to do either of those things. And that's why it gets frustrating is because the building blocks are all there. But having said that, she still, even in this way, will be just as successful, if not more. She's going to, she's, you know, pivoting into the mommy, uh, the mommy influencer territory, obviously. Right. Her book is sold out on, her book is sold out on Amazon right now. You know, she has people buying her throw rugs in the support Stasi groups. And it's like, girls, we don't need, she's, she's got enough throw blankets. I swear to God, she's going to be good on blankets. Like, why don't you get Forever. her like some good books? Why don't you get her some good books to read? I have some, some great, great recommendations. Friends. Yeah, but I just feel like 
why can't we use these opportunities to learn? If somebody like if somebody like me is like reading books and trying to learn from things, uh, you know, and I'm like, like I keep saying, I like Diet Coke. Like I'm like I'm I, I I'm I'm just I'm you know diet version of any of these things that I'm trying to learn. Why can't these people learn? Why can't they use th this amazing platform they have? And you can do both. You can be a smartass and you can actually present good things to people. Absolutely. And what's funny is that we're talking about like what it looks like to have people on a show, like how we look, uh, go around them being also, you know, bigoted and people who are doing actual bad things. So, and how they can still just be assholes on a TV show that we can enjoy. And at first, here's the thing I realize now the answer to this is we need to find more face and that don't mean that in a way of like just a you bunch say faith of or face faith okay we need more of faith scours like we do need more of her and i'll tell you why <laughs> what I, I literally was like i was like face i was money in my head i was like yeah i gotta give a tough face sometimes i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god so i was thinking at first this formula was anybody else on this show. But then I realized the formula is actually Faith. So Faith was an asshole and yes. also not a bigot. And and so she, and the reason I say this is because when it happened and the episode aired, and if we had just only ever had Faith Chi with Jax, Faith record Jax, that become a thing, it turned you know, Brittany into this monster. Everyone was on her side, but yet they still got married. To be honest, we would never need to know anything else. Everyone would still be totally fine hating Faith and being okay with, like, yeah. loving or hating Stassi for something else because that is how the game is played. The problem was they went too far and went outside the realm. They did not trust that the viewers would naturally side with them and they could not rest until they literally brought hell to this woman. And my question, of course, is what makes her different than Kristen? So, oh, I'll tell you, it would be her race. And the fact that and the fact that they did not know each other just makes it 10 times worse because they never really talked, but yet this girl needs to be arrested, but your best friend is your best friend again. That makes zero sense in my mind. But needless to say, Faith was actually the formula. She was the person on the show. She was the villain. She did something really bad. She cheated. She lied. She recorded. She recorded. She stabbed. Yeah. Like, that is and nobody's what you want to see. Nobody, nobody's arguing right. those points. That's what's that, Those were up. good things to do as a villain. They would yes. make a good villain. So so it makes sense to do it. And the problem is we did not let that stay on the show. And I used to wonder why, because I was like, that's someone you want. Someone who cheats with Jax Taylor, you someone you want on this television show. Because that number is going to run out. People are not going to want to keep sleeping with that man. But she's like rivaled Britney. Like, I would have loved to have seen that, but not at the expense of, of her, you know, freaking life being ruined and at stake but that is the way that this game is played on television so technically when you say you know burn it all down we need to burn down what we let slide because what I say is they got very sloppy Max and Brett were simple searches on on Twitter it was the simplest thing to find so like they got very sloppy not vetting and letting a lot of these things and these behaviors yeah. just go on and, and they were complicit in it 
That's the problem. However, there is a possibility. It's like what I say all the time. If you're thinking, well, we can't get rid of New York women, you know, just because they're a little bit racist or they're a little, you know, too uh, classist. So what? Like, that's just the way it is. We can't get rid of everyone. I challenge you to watch things like Atlanta or like Potomac or like Married to Medicine, where those women are not constantly putting down other people's races or classes, but somehow there's still drama and people watching it. It's crazy. I wonder how yeah. they do it. Yeah. I mean, also, like, in terms of burning it down, hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to go back to reading books again. Like, I, I have not <laughs> read a book. I, like, I used to read books all the time. I was Me too. Day, and I miss I, it. I, yeah, my concentration is shot right now. Like, I would love to be, you know, we've had this now, we're having, we're in the midst of this month break between New York and Beverly Hills, Real Housewives, and I'm, yeah, it's like, it's crazy to go through this kind of dearth, and we have Potomac, Potomac starting in August 1st, so it's like, do I pick up a book, do I learn to read, well, we're gonna be okay, like, you know, but it is funny of, like, people saying, like, burning things down, I, you know, I can deal without these shows for a little bit, I can survive. You know, like you said, you want to build a better house. It's going to take some construction. It's going to take some noise. It's a pandemic. No one's recording it right now. Because to be honest, no one wants to go get margaritas at the expense of their health for Bravo. So people are going to go get it, sure, in their real life. But the moment they're out without a mask and then all of a sudden nine months from now, we're, you know, tweeting and talking about that. And then... They're taking pictures. Like, we have an issue. Right now, we're in a really weird place because if they start filming too soon, we're all very nervous and anxious and upset about that. If they don't film at all, we're like, well, then there's no content. I mean, currently, they could cancel every single show and just be like, listen, we'll play every rewind from here to, you know, back in when we first started Bravo. Frankly, that would keep a lot of people busy if you knew how much was actually in the NBC Universal Comcast vault. There's a lot. So... It's not the end of the world. We can easily rebuild. It's not going to be a pandemic forever. And also, there are other people out there. Cast that net wider. Let's build a new house. And we could make a lot. There's desperate waiters and servers who want to be famous and want to be actors and are only waiting tables in the meantime, and but are just like really pretty. They're in a lot of places. And I promise you, California has more than these 19 people. <laughs> well, I mean, would it? I mean, I, I would be fascinated it, to. I would love to be privy, and I think the real show right now would be. I want to see the behind the scenes conversations. Imagine the conversations that are being had at Bravo, or the conversations that I hope are being had. Wouldn't you love to be the fly on the wall of what they're saying and what they're they're assuming? Because right now, I feel like they're really in this. Um, they're waving us out now, you know, is that, okay, this initial wave of anger, okay, let's hold, let's hold, let's hold, let's see this anger dissipate, you know, it's like, uh, like Breonna Taylor or something like that, you know, but it, it's now in our Bravo world, is that something like this firing of Jax Taylor, they're just going to wait and see, like they're waiting us out, but I would love to see, I would love to hear the words come out of their mouths of their plan of action at this point. Yeah, and I think that they actually owe it to people to say something more than just 
you know, we're standing with NBC and we're listening. I'm like, you can't profess to be such a diverse network and praise diversity, which already was a little debatable. And then you're going to basically just be like, we understand you really, really, really hate this one, you know, bigoted individual who hates everyone and is awful to everyone. But we might need him. So we're just going to see if you get over it. Like, who gets over this stuff? And if they do, I mean, maybe... I don't know. I don't think it's sustainable to keep employing it this way. I don't see how their ratings could get any worse. And I think they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot trying to wait it out. But that's just me. I honestly think they should give a voice to the, the people who didn't have the mic as much. I would have absolutely loved to hear more about Faith from Faith and not in response to what happened to her on the show, but just in general, I would have loved to see her on the show more. I understand now Lisa was not the best boss for her and apparently said things to her that really upset me, you know, about her place on the show. But beyond that, I would have been interested in faith. Uh, Obviously girl, do whatever is best for your health and your sanity, because I would have been annoyed too. But I like learning more about her now and listening to interviews like her with you it was really, really good. And you also did one with Charlie from this past season who also yeah. didn't get enough mic and screen time. And both of them I listened to recently again like for the second time. And I was like, man, it would have just been so much better to see so much of this on TV. Like, it just, to see that this was possible and it then be so much more interesting. And I gave Charlie so much shit for like the not having, not eating pasta thing and avocado. But I was also like, it was mainly editing's fault because like, that's such a weird intro to someone. Like we never hear this girl talk and she's like, yeah, I haven't eaten three of the world's most popular food groups. And I'm like, that's insane but, to me. But you know, and I try to think of it both ways because I realize, you know, it really is this awful task that the editors, um, you know, that the editors had and even the production ad, because you're trying to break in these new characters that don't really have any kind of realistic way of, uh, uh, you know, they don't have realistic uh, relationships within this friend group so you're doing the impossible already by trying us trying to make us care about people that aren't real in this universe so already the cards are stacked against them then on top of it you take two of them which are danica and charlie and you barely give them kind of any stories even though we see little flashes of brilliance and then you give the majority of a storyline to dana out of nowhere and we don't, and they, they has one of the worst love triangles I've ever seen on any show in my life with Brett and Max, who definitely don't want anything to do with her. And you, you just, it, it was, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen on a reality show of forcing one storyline of all new people on us, and then two new characters barely give them anything. But if you talk to them separately away from the show, they are entirely fascinating and, you and really way could, more entertaining. Yes, and you could build. You, you know, I really see the future bright for them if the show continues because you're like, okay, these people really do have some amazing stuff ahead of them. And I'm so bummed because I was supposed to talk to Danica the day the, the news broke that Stassi and Kristen and Max and Brett got fired. And all of a sudden, Bravo put a gag order on all of them. And luckily, Faith stepped in because of that. I, you know, and, and that, that wouldn't have happened if Danica had stayed. Like I was, I was planning on talking to Faith, but I was planning on talking to her months down the line because right. I had I had listened to a couple of interviews she had given, and I thought it was so cool. And we had been DMing about like just like something about the Jax memes I was making, and she was just like LOLing. And I said, "Oh, hey, 
uh, I know you're crazy right now, but in a couple months, could we talk? Because I would have loved to talk to a, I would have loved to talk to Faith at any point, you know. But me then too. When Danica, when Danica canceled, I hail married and reached out to Faith, and that's why I had to release later that week than usual because I thought it would be worth waiting. But yeah, Danica had to back out, and I would have killed to talk to Danica, and I totally understand why she had to back out, but um. It's 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 just a really weird time, but I would have killed to talk to Danica because she would have had just as good of a story or stories that Charlie told us on my podcast or any interviews that she's done. She's a very fascinating wim- woman, like most women are. There's stories uh, that you know shows aren't able to really. I, I understand why Vanderpump Rules could not bring up her sexual assault because. You can't have somebody that you say, oh, this is the person we make fun of for pasta and avocado and then have this really huge scene about her, you know, sexual assault because it would be completely weird because we don't really know her that well. So it would stick out like a sore thumb because the producers had shot themselves in the foot at that point. There was only so many places they could put Mm -hmm. Charlie because all of a sudden, you know, if if, uh, the honest to God thing is if she had told this beautiful, amazing story. The viewers would have been like, wait, what the fuck? That's the avocado girl? Like, what? Like, wait a sec. That's out of nowhere. They would have, like, the, the tempo would have been completely just really weird. So I kind of appreciate that they did a disservice to Danica and Dana, but may, no, Danica and Charlie, but maybe in the long run, they gave them and the viewers a gift because now we get to see a much more fuller picture this next season. And we're, we're waiting for it. We're, you know, they left us. They didn't leave us, but Charlie and Danica left us wanting more from them. And so now when we get to see it, I think we're really going to be way more open to them than we were to Dana this year. Because by the end, I got really tired of seeing Dana. And that has nothing to do with Dana. It's just what what I felt the producers were shoving down our throat in regards right. to I I can see that. You're slowly ringing me around. I... I like to think that everyone is, you know, as thirsty for new information as I. Um, So I would have liked to be given that shot. I do know that it did take two full seasons, though, for someone like Jennifer Aiden to get the full complexity that she got in the second season. Because the very first season, everyone was a big Jackie fan. And then the second season, it was more of a little bit of a shift. And Jennifer was like a bitch to the women, but then... At home, she got so much more complex that you almost couldn't hate her. You were just like, okay, this woman has something going for her. And I like to see this story, seeing her talk to her mom, seeing her advocate for her brother. You're just like, whoa, she's actually like a good woman. And there's another example of how we can be unbigoted but still be awesome TV people. Like, she's great in a housewife setting. And then also is at home fighting to make sure that her brother has a relationship with his mother who doesn't accept him for who he is. And she's like, listen, mother to mother, mother, that's not going to be acceptable. And you're not going to lie to my daughter or whatever. And and I'm going to make sure my kids know there is nothing wrong with their uncle. So that means they know it's nothing wrong with them in the future. If, if so, if they, you know, end up having and making a realization about themselves and I don't want them to be afraid to come and talk to me about it. And I'm like, well, that sounds good. Wow. So yeah, I mean, when we, awful. <laughs> when we when we get when these shows allow us to see the full the full complexities of a human being, that's when the shows really take off. You know, like when we're able to see Jennifer be a complete biatch and then at the same time stick up for her brother and, 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 and normalize 
you know, somebody's, uh, you know, the way somebody uh, has been born, I think those shows really take off for me because it shows you, man, like, God, we're, you know, uh, the, the, all, all Vanderpump Rules or any of these shows need to do is just tell the truth, is just put the cameras on for better or worse and show both sides to people, you know, is that don't, you know, don't try to feed us storylines. Don't try to fit into this box that you've pre-decided. You know, and I know that's very hard, but that's why these shows work the first couple of seasons because it naturally, you were naturally filming these people's lives. They were naturally still in friend groups with each other. Once right. they start falling out of these friend groups, once they start becoming successful and you're ignoring, you're ignoring them, you know, you're, you're not breaking the fourth wall. You're acting like these people still work at a bar when they don't have to. You're then bringing this show into a different world that is like starting to be more fake and more fake and more fake because you're not facing any of the truth. You know, I agree. And I think that's just dangerous in these days. You know, I, I, you know, I know you have said this and I, you know, is that like, we can handle it. We're adults. I can handle you telling me that this is being filmed. I understand this is, I under, I understand that there is a camera on. You can, you can let us know as an audience, we're all grownups. It's not going to make right. any worse. You know, it's my, not can, like when they break it. the fourth wall, we're like, oh, they're on TV. And it's, yeah, it's like, like what did you think of, like, I see dead they people. were watching? Oh like, what did you, you think Bruce we Willis were watching? Is dead? You mean Bruce Willis was dead the whole time? Like, it doesn't shock me. Like, I can handle it. I'm a grown, I'm a grown ass man that shouldn't even be watching these shows. But don't treat me and don't treat the audiences in 2020 like we're stupid because that's where you're going to go wrong every time. Like, it's just not going to work anymore. Yeah, it's it's and in fact they're. It's so much more riveting when we see the behind closed doors. One of the most compelling moments ever of television, especially on Bravo, was in season four. And this is a spoiler for anyone watching Potomac, but it's not a, a true spoiler. But, like, skip ahead 37 seconds. If you watch Potomac and season four, you get the allegations that were so public about Ashley Darby's husband. They show us the B-roll of what actually happened what the cameraman saw because the assault charges or allegations were made by the cameraman. So we, we, how are you going to have that conversation without hearing from the person who is behind the scenes? That is the point. And I think the, the thing was this person thinks they can do these things because it's someone behind the scenes and no one's going to know about it on camera because we don't break that fourth wall. And I applaud Bravo being like, uh, no, actually, we need to break it. And they're doing it now with Beverly Hills. It's what made people really excited to watch. You know, they've done it with yes. Atlanta when Nene attacked the cameraman. And it's, it's what made people more invested. It's important to see that this is not just an act. These things are really going on sometimes. And to be fair, it gives a lot more to the authenticity argument. If you want to well, think it's authentic, we need to see it behind, from behind the scenes. Well, think about the, the most, you know, chilling, well, I don't think you watched it, but the, the, the season finale of Vanderpump Rules, they finally break the fourth wall at the very end when Jax calls it his show and Lisa snaps to and says, no, 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 dear boy, this is my show and blah, 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 blah. And like gives this kind of beautiful heartfelt monologue, but acknowledges that this is a show. And it was one of the more chilling moments of the entire season because now we're dealing with the realness of the situation. Now we're dealing with these characters in a real way. And Ooh, that to, narcissism was heavy for him to really well, say I, that. <laughs> and, but, and, but for both 
you know, for on both parties because it's so funny. Lisa's been like sleeping most of the season, and as soon as somebody called her show into question, she snaps too. Like, no, this is my show. And then she's like, hey, I'm awake again. Let's do this, you know. And I could use more of that kind of reality, and it just shows. It shows that we can handle those things. Like reality you hear us, Bravo, in reality you know? television, riveting. Yeah, I mean, go go figure that these shows, when they actually are at its realest, move us the most. That's crazy. I can't understand why. <laughs> I do. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna end it with Vanderpump Rules with this. Do you think the show survives? Do you think we move past this, or is it too? entangled in the BS because I feel like even once we get rid of Jackson, I know yeah. that's going to happen. We can't keep yeah. Brittany. No one wants to see Katie. <laughs> Lala is I, problematic wait, at wait. best. Like, Wouldn't you love if they did keep Brittany though? Wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> if, cool. if we have to see Brittany film and know that Jax is at home broiling? Like, like I would Love that. You know, in fact, I would love if they kept Bo, too. That would be hysterical in a certain way. But what I do think is, I guess, the, the, my answer to that question is a question to you. Do you, li- do, do you think people like to make money? I do. Okay, so yeah, the show's coming back. The show is definitely coming back. There, it, This is a money property. This isn't about... Uh, we've now seen this many times. This isn't about values. This isn't about the right thing. At the end of the day, this show is there to sell soap. Now, if we can do that in a great way and we can make these small changes because of uh, changes in this world, that's great. But they, this is a property like James Bond or Batman or any of these properties that kids and, and adults love. This is a property now like anything else. And if you can squeeze some kind of money out of this, this will always be a property and it might be um, it might, you know, it, we might not know Vanderpump rules. It might not exist in the sense that we know it. It might be a Tom Tom spinoff, but this will definitely continue in some form. There is just no way that it will not continue. I just think I have such an issue with giving Lisa my time now. Like I was probably more disappointed with her apology, quote unquote apology, <laughs> you know, situation than I was, you know, Kristen and name redacted. I was like, this is actual hot garbage. Like, way to say <laughs> nothing. You said nothing for, and I had um, a good friend of mine who was a publicist on the show, and he was like, well, she could have kept the first two paragraphs. I was like, exactly. You just really wrote a lot of nothing. So, I don't want to give it to her, but I would be interested in a spinoff, and I would like to see new people. I would like to see someone check Lisa, even if they only last one season. I think this could work if it was reworked, because the concept was always great. It's just you gotta vet your people better. Yes, and you can't and be complicit like to me. Where, you know, Bravo really at the end of the day, love Bravo or hate Bravo. We we all have so much love at the end of the day for Bravo, for everything they've, they've given us. But whoever has been in charge of social media training, of uh, vetting, ha- is they either don't have that role at all or the person that's in charge should be fired because they also have not treated any of these dumb shits on how to post. Like, you know, we just ran into that with Below Deck Med the other week. What is possessing these people to get online and post some of the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life? If you, you know, 
uh, it's bad enough that you even have these thoughts, but when you're on a show and nobody at your network is saying, you better be insanely careful at this point. In fact, you're not even allowed to post until this show is over. You know, like the fact that this stuff is still getting through is insane. And I guess part of me is happy that it's happening because then you just can get rid of them. But my God, it's scary, you know? No, yeah, I completely agree. It almost feels like you need to have someone who scrolls through the Twitter, ask you, have you used these explicit, like these um, explicit words? Have you said these things? If you did in the past, let's look it up. Don't do it again. Here's why. Or yeah, or just give them a training, you know, or, or, tell them what to do. Like literally when you pick someone, you hire someone. If I get vetted for a job and you're on TV, like you're in front of way more people than I will ever be in front of, but somehow I have to get more seriously vetted than you. We have an issue. So oh, I mean, just like, going to come back and I, bite you in the butt. I get in trouble, like, you know, when I used to go into work, you know, if I was on my phone too much, like, that's that's a noticed thing, you know? And, like, you know, I take it as, like, the fact that they let Jax tweet dumb shit for, like, six years now without anybody stepping up and going, Jax, you realize, like, it, it, it could have been really simple. Like, Jax, do you want to be on the show? You don't get to tweet anymore. You just don't. You can tweet about like certain promotions, but you cannot engage with fans. Like I would just be like just point blank. There's nothing if you if you don't want to be on the show, you can tweet to your heart's content. You want to be on the show, you cannot tweet at all unless it's show related. You can't handle or you responsibility. Have to... No, he can't. And that's what that's what's so frustrating is that it's so simple. You know, when he does get fired, it's going to be his own fault. And he could have stopped this. You can't, like, that's the funny thing is that he'll go in these waves of like, oh, shucks, I'll be the nice guy now. And I'm going to put this cross emoji because it'll show you I believe in God, you know, but like, and hey, happy, you know, hey, bud, always here for you. And then he'll turn around and make fun of some 16 year old girl. Like you can't, you know, there's got to be a baseline for how to treat people. And if you, you can't handle it, which he, he's been proven so many times, he can't. Bravo just needs to say, you can't do it anymore, dude. If you want to be on the show, if you want to be paid by us as an entity, you cannot do it because you have proven time and time again, you're a bigot. You are um, uh, sexist. You are, you know, so many things. All the phobics. And, yeah, all the phobics. Every like, single one. Way, even if it's not in his heart. Well, it's been in his heart momentarily so many times. And, and it came it out of his you, fingers. So it shouldn't be here. But isn't it funny how much of a man's world it is? You know, it does. It's like you know, Stassi and Kristen, man. Like, wow. But like, Jax, Jax has gotten away with a lot of stuff for a long time, and I'm really curious at the end of the day why. Because it must just be because he's a guy, or he makes Bravo feel. Bravo really loves him. I do. I used to listen to their podcast a lot, and the way they interview him is so forgiving. Which podcast? Like um, Daily Dish. They interview him also a lot. Probably as much as they would interview Name Redacted, they interview Jax. And that used to say a lot to me because there has always been like a clear big fame star of the show. It is this woman. And they would still interview him and her almost the same amount, if not Jax more. But they are deeply invested in him and they treat him like such a king because they're like, oh, I just have such a soft spot for you. And I'm like, they treat him like a oh, naughty <laughs> boy. Not just like Lisa, like, well, oh, he's just being naughty. No, get the goddamn asshole. Get him off. It, the it really, it really like, shows you. It really shows you like the double standard in a lot of these things. And I, um, I'm okay with losing Jax. Like I'm okay. Like, yeah, also, we'll be fine. You, know, you, 
yeah, we'll be totally fine. But like, he's the kind of person that even I have no, if I was ever able to make it happen, there is no part of me that would ever want to interview him. Like, yeah, no I, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't no cross my mind. I wouldn't be able to, I w- yeah, I wouldn't be able to do anything with it. I wouldn't be able to, you know, because you just know how he operates. You know, he tells you what you want to hear. And, you know, aw shucks, I'm a good guy. And you'd probably get a couple good quotes out of him. But there would be no realness. And he would just try to charm you. Like, there's no, he's not interested in learning. He's not interested in making himself better. So at the end of the day, he would never be a really, truly good interview. Yeah, no. And I'm, I'm. I'm frankly not interested. I have no, nothing you say is that fascinating to me. So uh, I, I don't know where we go with Vanderpump Rules. But I know as long as Jax is there, they're in trouble. And sadly, I feel like they're just going to be in trouble for a little while longer. And, you know, all the best to them while they figure out what to do next, considering we're on a nice long break from shows that really do matter, like, you know, New York and Beverly Hills. And, I, New York is coming back a little earlier, and I have some theories as to why. I think it's because Beverly Hills is being scrubbed a little bit, even though... We'll Wait, when, when does New York come back? Um, I want to say, is it for its first week of July? And okay. Beverly Hills comes back second week of July. So, mm. something like that. I could be wrong. And while I'm talking, I'll probably look it up and, and, and correct myself if I am. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, so Roni comes back July 2nd. So, and Beverly Hills does not come back July 3rd. They come back July 8th. So. Wow. And they're like a week apart. And I do think they're scrubbing some things in Beverly Hills. We'll get to the trailer in a second. But I do think they want to just be doubly sure that, you know, they don't get in trouble, which I still think is the wrong approach. It's not that it should be not in front of me. Because apparently that's what happened with Dallas and Leanne. They never said anything about Leanne's racist comments to Carrie because they thought she was just going to get away with it like she's done every other season. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. So you mean this has just been going on and y'all been letting people like her and she's apparently a closeted racist? Well, that's, that's not nice. I would like to know that information up front. But okay, sure. <laughs> but regardless, New York is going to return and... There will be no Tinsley, and I am excited for her, and I'm going to do a full recap when New York returns on the last episode that we saw and then the episode that when they come back to see, you know, if anything's changed. But Tinsley couldn't wait. It's really, I really want to wish this woman well. I (laughs) am a young woman who was taught to, you know, really prepare and care about marriage and kids too I don't think I ever at my height ever got to the level that Tinsley aspired for these things but she got it so a dream really is a wish your heart makes and she made it (laughs) and it came true so way to go girl way to prove Dorinda wrong hard work pays off you know and I mean like I that's it and by the way you can really like it just shows you just have like a simple goal you know like and, and that's, at the end of the day, that's really all she wanted. Like, she, everybody's like, oh, do you think she'll come back to the show and all that? I'm like, no. I, I think she, she's no. got exactly what she needed. She's done the reality show thing. People don't know about, like, high society as much as they should. The beginning, the show she did originally on the CW. You know, she is, uh, you know, if anything, do a show 20 years from now when she can be that version of Dale that Dale is now, you know? I, I mean, I'm going to miss season. Dale, not going to lie. Yes. But... 
Tinsley, I understand why she's gone. I mean, the girl's lived a full life in front of the world, and Scott wants a different kind of wife, and she realized she can make that happen. There's no negotiating that's too low for her. So she was like, I'm out of here. I've done the high society thing. These women hate me anyway. I'm out. And I think that's a really good thing. She knew when to get off, you know, before it crashed. And they weren't in her lane. And it's weird to think that way because people think so highly of Roni, but they're considerably older than her with the exception of Leah who just got there. So beforehand, they were all considerably older than her. And she had never been married. They'd all been married and all of them have kids. She had never had kids. So it's very clear, like the they're in their second act and she's still trying to establish her first. And they really were resentful of her for her trying to do that. And so she left and went to go have a life that made her happy. And I say more power to that woman. I want my dreams <laughs> yeah. to come true, just like Tinsley. So like, like why would it, you know, you want her to stay so she can like be like have Dorinda yell at her for stupid shit. I mean, like that like makes not no being sense to me. able to leave the show. Essentially, yeah, Dorinda like, yelling at her for like, "Hey, you're on the same show as me. You're supposed to be young, hot, and you know, talented and stuff, and you're still on the same thing." I'm, Tennessee's like, "Well, not anymore." So, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I am happy for her. I do think that New York. It, Dorinda is in a really, really bad place uh, on this show, and I wonder if they'll ever try to pivot the cast more younger and follow the, you know, the Leah and Tinsley route and just keep going younger and younger, but that also will never work with Ramona's and Sonya's and Luann's, but they all, we all need them as well to, in, this, in this machine, but at the same time, I would really like a camera on... Ramona's daughter being a terror in New York. <laughs> I have heard a lot of things. Allegedly, this woman is like wreaking havoc. Like they're out yes. not wearing masks. They're mean to people. She like got a, a manhole or something allegedly open because her AirPod like fell into the street. Something like that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to count nobody's money. But an AirPod girl, I'm sure you can afford another pair. The way they act, you would think they could just get another one versus like going diving in the street for it. Like, obviously, if it were me, I mean, I wouldn't even go diving and I can't afford another pair automatically, but I would just cry about it and move on. So the audacity of these women. But I always say, you know, Ramona is like the epitome of a Karen and she's like never lacked an audacity in her life. She will always have the. Oh, OK, great. So I would want to know if we can also get a camera on Leah and Ramona's daughter. What is this girl's name? Um, Avery. 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 Because they're like waging war on each other. And, you know, they're not that. They're actually closer in age than Leah and Ramona. So technically it does work. But it's a very interesting mashup that has me rooting for Leah, and you know, I never thought I would, but I, if there's anybody <laughs> that I cannot stand, it's gotta be a Ramona, and her daughter is very much so herself, and I, they, they really make my eyes roll, and I just, I know, I wanted to know your thoughts on this Leah and Avery feud that's happening, and we know what side you're probably on. <laughs> well, so listen, I, you know, of course I have my strong feelings for Leah and 
it kills me when I hear like her comments about the Me Too movement and things like that. But in terms of like, in terms of this fight she has with Avery, like I'm all for it. Like call call that stuff out, you know, call that stuff out completely. I would love to see more of it uh, of them fighting. I think it's like this is exactly what the show needs, and I would love for Avery to actually be introduced more as a character because they painted themselves into a little bit of a hole. Um, in terms of the age range of the housewives, as you were saying, you know, like it, it does, it is getting it, it. We are seeing how different it is um, in terms of age range now because Leah's on it. It's really pointed out the um, how old these ladies are when you get somebody kind of really young and somewhat saying like Leah involved. And, you know, they're painting themselves in a corner where they are going to need to start going a little younger or it's going to get super weird, you know. Yeah, I, I completely understand. It, and it's getting to that place almost already. Leah cannot sustain this by herself. Um, she is a disappointment to me as a human. As a housewife, I'm not yet a fan, but I also, it's New York, so I'm not yet a fan of most of them, but they are all necessary. I think she's doing very well for the show at the moment. And I would even like to see her sister more on the show. I think that would be a little bit. She needs support. She needs a supporting staff. Tinsley was never going to have the energy behind her that she needed. Yeah. But um, she was meant to be a supporting to Tinsley, and that was never going to be the case either. Her personality is just way too much. You know, it's way bigger, way more important to like look at full frontal. So I would like to see, you know, even her sister or something like that. But has any contact been made? between you and Leah yet. We see you like consistently <laughs> making the please okay, yeah. <laughs> for how much, okay, so you know, she's for you. Has there yeah. been a response? Yo. Yeah, you know what? There had well, there ha- some you know, somebody got me uh my friends Rebecca and Emily got me a cameo for my birthday <gasps> from her and it was really sweet oh. and but then, you know, then uh at Ono Bravo made uh, a photo of me in a bucket hat uh, and the shirt said, I'm ready to be a stepfather. And then the, the girl sent that to Leah. And I think that was a step too far. Like it's one thing to joke, but it's like, do not, I don't like, I shouldn't have, I, you know, I'm sure it creeped her out a little bit to have anybody say I'm ready to be a stepfather to her daughter. Um, and that I probably didn't look too good, but I will say <laughs> she, I DM'd her or like it was something about Khloe Kardashian and we went back and forth about joking with her. And I said, Hey, by the way, well, I kind of was like, uh, Oh, by the way, it's, you know, Oh, these are silly jokes. My friends are making about me. And I, I, I kind of tried to act like it was just a character about me being in love with her, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which and, it is not. I said, well, yeah, I mean, who, love is so weird. And, and by the way, I'm blushing now. I'm, like, completely blushing. Um, so, well, what happened was that then I said, hey, it was kind of like that shoot your shot thing. And I said, hey, you know, I'm joking around, but I do have a podcast, and I would absolutely kill to talk about it, to, you know, to talk about it. There's just so much I would love to ask you. And she was like, I would love to do it, um, but Bravo is literally like I have to get everything, everything approved. Yes, especially she... when they're new. Bronwyn told yes. me the same thing. She was like, "Girl, I would have been on forever ago." We talk regularly; like we have each other's phone numbers, and she's like, "They won't let me do anything." Yeah, <laughs> also I mean, because they're even... very new. 
And, you know, it doesn't help, unfortunately, like, you know, I've had Faith on and I've had, you know, and I know Charlie got in trouble for talking to me after the fact. And, you know, and there is nothing personal against me. They're just very protective. And I understand that. But at the same time, I feel like that's really such a missed opportunity if they want to do it, because I believe, you know, these entities coexist because of people like us, because of our excitement. I'm not. Oh, it's funny. It's of- we are we are the we are the reason that they're still on. We generate. So I have single handedly gotten almost every person that comes in contact with me to watch Potomac. I, exactly. I ex- am exactly. not saying it because I want some s- kind of accolades, but if the season premiere from season five and season four are drastically different, I want a letter. I do. I want a letter from Bravo because I have sent masses of people to go watch and then they tell their friends to go watch and like oh no bravo I see her every week being like guys Monty was right go watch Potomac it's the best thing now that people on the cause we are the reason that this machine is still going and if you study pop culture if you study pop culture that you you realize the more voices the better even if these voices are sometimes making fun or being critical you want to be talked about, period. And the fact that Bravo is really like not understanding that all of these podcasts are important and all of these people and all of these Instagrams, it should be celebrated and they should be encouraged to speak about it. But they're still under some kind of weird thing. It, it falls back to that Vanderpump Rules thing of like, they think we don't understand that this isn't completely real. They think we don't understand that there's cameras on them and it's going to break the reality of most people to realize that everybody knows they're being filmed. We'll learn all the trade secrets. Yes, and it's not like that. It's just this is part of it. This is part of the fandom. This is part of, you know, the questions I'm interested in half the time are, oh, my God, when you, you know, when you got into a fight at Ramona, did you ever look up at the cameraman? What was his face like? Was he freaking out? Like, you know, these people are aware of their surroundings. Let's like talk about that kind of silly stuff. You know, the stuff behind the scenes is just as we we're seeing now. It's just as important. You know, all this Vanderpump Rules things behind the scenes is turning out to be the real story. Why can't we acknowledge that? Why can't these coexist, you know? Right. I don't know how they're even going to film a show without addressing this. Like, they're going yeah, like, to yeah. go gonna have to address COVID. They're going to have to address... These yeah, firings. What a summer, but now I'm back here slinging drinks at Sir during the day. Like, how do you even do that? Like, how they, I don't know how they're going to film Atlanta and not have Portia address Black Lives Matter and being in the street and being, you know, in involved so deeply, even with Bravo and raising voices and amplifying melanated voices. Like, you can't make it like you made her this entity. She spoke to all these things because she is this bigger entity and then act like she can just go back into cat fights when she's doing such important work that she only was able to be so pivotal in. Like she could obviously be at the protest, but she was such a big pivotal moment for a, yeah. move, a part of the movement in so much of this because of the platform Bravo gave her because she's on a TV show. So she should be able to also talk about why she's been busy being like apparently the face of Amplify Melanated Voices <laughs> for Bravo. But she's been Mrs. Black Bravo. So yeah, I mean, maybe I they should like say we can something. I feel we like can. we can. We absolutely it. can. We still want the mess, but we know this is not the only thing that they do. We know there's a schedule. This was largely the problem with the with the whole apple juice, like the little dog situation. Lucy, Lucy, Beverly apple Hills, juice. Yeah, is that so much of it was about behind 
behind the scenes stuff and it wanted to act like we couldn't know it. And I'm like, this is why this season flopped because there's yes. something there and you're making it seem like this is just about a dog and we know it's not about a dog. Like, there's something else going on here. This is not. And that's why this season of Beverly Hills is working because they're actually going, don't film this. You know, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like, that's the reason why this stuff is working on Beverly Hills because they are letting us in on some of these things that we normally wouldn't be privy to and they would shut down, you know? Right, exactly. Like, I, I was only watching this season because I saw that Denise does. Like, I've had a friend on, um, Anthony Lario. He's come on before and he would say yeah. that Vicky on OC used to yell out bravo a bunch of times when she films her scenes if she doesn't like the way the conversation is going and talk over people it's the reason why sometimes those fights would be amplified and go from like calm to crazy because they've had to redo it now and reshoot it <laughs> and so people get mad and it's it's helpful for us because we see people screaming but she does it because she doesn't like the way it's going and they have to cut it out so to see denise doing that and to see her say offline hey, I got that from Kyle. I'm like, okay, so this is a thing throughout all of them, and I want yeah. to know that. And I want to see Bravo being like, we're going to roll it and roll it out anyway. We don't yeah. care. And I think that this trailer is a really good um, implicate, like, indication of that. Seeing this past week's trailer of Beverly yeah. Hills, it looks pretty much the same as before. So the idea that they were scrubbing out Brandy, I still think... If they did, they probably just kept it to only the, the the moments that she absolutely needed to be there. And we see Brandy giving out uh, information about an alleged affair that was very sordid and not consensual with Aaron, but uh, it is it went down allegedly with Brandy and Denise. And but yet that they might be open, but yet Aaron can't know. And so some people have ideas that the rest of the trailer where Denise is like devastated and like, y'all please don't air this. This cannot get on TV. Oh my God. The idea is that they are, she's moved by these allegations from Brandy, but then some people allege that it's actually probably something a little bit worse, which I hope we're not entering territories of possible abuse or Aaron being like really not a good guy, but I know that, you know, once the last episode we saw and they just like hang in the balance until it comes back, he was talking, there were subtitles, and he basically told her, stop telling him what to say, and then subtitles disappear from Bravo. If you have them on your TV, they still came up, and it said, allegedly, or I'll crush your fucking hand. And we were like, I'm sorry, wait, what? And then nobody said anything, no one you know, made it a big deal. No one put it in a trailer, put it in a premiere. This was not the point of the the season or the episode, but I was instantly like, hold on, what are we doing here? Because that takes us to a whole different territory of him just standing up for his wife and him threatening his wife. Like, I I mean, what am I going to say? Even if it's a joke? Like, that doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Even if he doesn't mean it, it still sounds like something you should not say. But some people think that her, um, Real sadness that comes out in this trailer about not letting things air actually doesn't have to do with Brandy and has to do with Aaron. So I don't know which side I'm on. I actually still think it has to do with Brandy, which will then subsequently have to do with Aaron. But did you see the trailer? Are you invested again, you know, into this season? And do you think that, because obviously we're going to see it all anyway, but what do you think is, is, is happening with Denise this season? Well, I mean, 
you know, it's interesting because Denise really comes in and doesn't seem like she usually even gives a crap what's going on. And I think that's refreshing point. because, you know, the other ladies really don't know how to, to handle that. They, you know, they don't know how to handle somebody that doesn't care because they're also desperate for like, you know, storylines or their new looks. And mm-hmm. Denise will come in and her jeans and her top and not really putting a lot of effort into glam, which I think is really refreshing. But you know, they're just seeing somebody that like, hey, this is probably a paycheck for her. And also at the end of the day, you know, you know, having Lisa Rinda try to bust you out at every dinner scene isn't like the probably the most fun. And it's like, wait a sec, I don't, huh, I have a family. I don't really need to do this. I have this hunky dude that like, you know, uh, monologues about like insanity, but at least we have sex every day and he's good looking. Like, you know, she has a lot yeah, of life whatever makes her happy. Set up. You know, but like also... I mean, the thing is, I loved Aaron, uh, and I was loving how insane he is until the moment he said, I'll crush your hand. And then it gets out of the point. It's like, those are the things when, like, oh, man, like, why did you have to do that? Like, because now, yep. now I can't. I have to hold my breath passion. every time somebody is good on these shows. Yeah, like, I can't be then passionate about making fun of you when you're saying something, like, really fuck, like, really horrific. You know, I, I on the podcast this week, I did a deep dive on Aaron, and I went into his his workplace you know his his malibu uh where he it's it's called quantum 360 where he works and wow the dedication yeah yeah it's i called the i called the number you know i I was like considering scheduling an appointment but they didn't have prices on there and i'm sure it's an insane amount of money to do whatever that is that he's doing uh, but yeah, you know, I uh, I think Denise is just living her life. I am curious because I don't think we've all guessed about this Brandy storyline. And I'm just kind of just really wanting the Brandy storyline to happen just so I can know what it is. And then I, I have a feeling we're all wrong. I have a feeling we're all missing. I think so, too, story. because what's interesting is I knew something was up because we already passed the scene where she does say bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Like, you've already passed it. So they're going to, and Lisa Rinna apparently commented on someone's Instagram that they might be saving it for later. And I see now why they would because they don't want it to be aired. And so I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, B-roll and do, like, that little fogginess of all these flashbacks of her trying to get it cut? Like, that seems really, really petty. But I have no idea where we're headed with this. I do think that we're all wrong because they let us believe it for a long time. And it seems like it's more than, I don't, I don't foresee her being that concerned with um, her being a cheater. I, cause she's been so adamant this season about her, you know, not talking about sex in front of her kids. And I really think it has to do with her custody and her situation with her her ex-husband. But this seems like we are down another path because she does not strike me. You know, I've always been on her side with the whole don't talk about it in front of my kids. Like, it's a little bit of both. I do think she's trying to keep a good situation going so her kids can stay with her and her ex-husband doesn't use these things against her in court, which obviously can happen. And they do it often, especially when you're on these shows. But this is also a paycheck for her. So she really does need to be there. But then I also have been like, come on, this is not rocket science. You're trying to make a character of this woman. And yeah, she's sexual. She doesn't care. 
but she's an adult and these kids were not. So it's okay if she doesn't want to talk about these things in front of a bunch of children and some that aren't even hers. Like that made sense to me because I was once a child and I would not want to know what my mom and all her female friends were talking about and when I was in high school. I would have been like, um, though I knew what it was, I would not be interested in hearing it at a dinner party in front of all my friends. Like, that's weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, that's happening on Monday morning at the, at the schoolhouse. That's an issue. So, I got also, it. Ima- imagine, losing, imagine losing custody to Charlie Sheen. Oh, my God. God bless her. I, yeah. Oh, whatever Denise needs, I'm here for her. But <laughs> so also, that's just I mean, not I really, okay. I really just, I just really want to know, and I pray to God that this, you know, that they weren't re-editing everything. And I, you know, I seem like, you know, this season really is going in such a really interesting, different way that I hope they don't disrupt the flow that they had. And, you know, it would just be horrible if all of a sudden we get into something about Lucy, Lucy Applejuice again for the second half of the season, instead of the path that we're going on. Plus, we I need to see more of Buca de Beppo. I need to see how I need to see the design yeah. work going into Dorit's Buca de Beppo. Like I think that still has not been talked about for the past couple of episodes, and I'm still fixated on seeing Dorit decorate that one room of Buca de Beppo. Like to me, I know you are. It's an inspired storyline. That to me is so out of left field. It's almost to me as good as uh, as as Brandy hooking up with Denise. Because would you have ever thought going into the season that Dorit would want to decorate a room of Buca de Beppo? Like, it just yeah, it's could like, not even comprehend. I woke up and was like, you know what? I think I'll tackle the Olive Garden and call it a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I think that whatever happens, whatever her, her room does look like, which it will kill me if that is the finale party. If the finale of Beverly Hills <laughs> is at the Buco de Beppo room grand opening, I will never, ever stop praising. Like, they'll get all my respect again, and I will forgive a great deal of things that I can if they if they do that. Please give me that. Please, Bravo well, could God. You ima- could you imagine going into an, uh, a Chipotle and going like, uh, oh, this one's Ryan different. Bay- this needs the Ryan Bailey touch, you know? Like, I, I would never in a million years think uh, I would want to, like, redecorate a one room of a chain restaurant. Well, so to be honest, I it probably, even her room might need the Ryan Bailey touch because when I saw the shirts that you and Kay from Gold Half Moon made, oh, yeah, I yeah. think it's probably better than Dorit's Buca de Beppo room. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah, if you guys are listening, go to Gold Half Moon. Uh, uh, Monty's uh, ha- had a couple of sweatshirts of hers that she posted on her Instagram. But, you know, we have this Dorit's Room at Buca de Beppo shirt that I just, it, it makes me laugh every time. Yes, I and, did order it the same day it came out. And all, but all the proceeds are going to a different Black Lives Matter charity every week. And that's full, any money that's made off this, not just like, you know, a cut of all the money, you know, is, is you know, Kay was nice enough to uh, agree to do this and she wanted to do this as well and i think it's such a cool thing and it's we're only selling these shirts through the i think the the month of june or the first week of july and i think just it's a cool way to to get a little token of something that i find very silly and also to do such a cool thing for uh we've done a different charity each week and i think it's really a neat thing 
I, honest to God, did not even know that. I saw two of my friends had a shirt that I thought looked really cool and pretty and um, ordered it immediately. But now I should have ordered more. Um, but, yeah, guys, please <laughs> go and support. It's it's such a good shirt. So you will feel good about wearing it, feel good about buying it. Ryan, please tell everyone where they can find all of your amazing interviews and podcasts because they are so good and you do better than me. You timestamp them and that's fantastic. So, (laughs) I mean, I got right to the face one. (laughs) I can't wait. I mean, guys, you got to go listen to the Aaron deep dive because what? Who else is going to do that? But yet we all need that. So, please tell the people where they can come. I did a lover boy taste test. I did a lover boy taste test. Oh, yes. Horrible beverage from Summer House this past week and uh, I drank it so you don't have to but yeah, you just go. You guys know me. You, you know, if you listen to Monty, and it's just so bad, it's good. I, I might not be your cup of tea, but if, if you want to check it out, check it out. There's timestamps. You can skip around. They're really long, four hour podcasts each week. It's meant to like kind of go like a radio show. So it dives into like my family's on there every week. We talk about the shows. We have two different guests. I play some music. It's just supposed to be a really overall experience, but it's not everybody's cup of tea, and that's totally fine. You can also, I don't know how uh, I'm your cup of tea and Ryan's not. That makes well, no, zero I mean, I sense think, to me. Know, but but I, but also, there's only so many hours in the day, and I get that. So like, save it up. He's you, a you way know, kinder individual too. <laughs> it's always going to be there for you to listen to. But also, I am close. This is kind of cool, and it's not going to mean anything in the long run. But I'm very close to 10,000 followers on Instagram, and that would be a really exciting thing because I could link to some cool charities and to Buca de Beppo. So if you don't follow me on there, go to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Give me a follow. I do a lot of silly memes. Uh, I make fun of Jax very harshly and I'm always open for conversations with people in the DMs. I really think that's one of the best things that I've been a part of in a long time because uh, as Monty says, all of you guys, the majority, the good majority of you guys have been amazing to talk to and really present so many great ideas. There's only a couple of bad seeds, uh, but I'll even talk to the bad seeds as well. So um, I just really love being a part of this community and Monty is a huge part of this. So, uh, but always thank you to you, Monty. So, I mean, thank, really oh, thank you so much for Come on. coming on. I always have so much fun with you. I always lose track of time. The sun was here. It is now set where I am. And I'm just like, oh, well, this was a great afternoon well spent. So <laughs> I thank you so much for coming on. Please, everyone, definitely follow Ryan at So Bad Let's Go with Ryan Bailey. Of course, I'll tag him and everything. So by the time this comes out, you will be at 10,000. I am speaking it into existence <laughs> now. Um, yes, go look for that shirt. I'm going to post it again as well. And, you know, as always, just be good, be kind to people, stay safe. Stay happy, stay healthy, and please stay home if you can, when you can, if it applies to you. I know quarantine is getting like really icky and sticky, but at the same time, it is more dangerous out there. You know, some things can just be like not, you can just, you can just not, not risk it because you guys, (laughs) I need everybody to stay around. Um, We need to get Ryan to 10,000 followers. That only happens if you are at home taking care of yourself and are lost on Instagram and want something to do to entertain you. So do that and it'll make everyone happy. So, by the way, Monty doesn't know it, but she's going to come on my podcast next month. So that's, that's something in quarantine. Yeah. I did not know that, but yeah, I'm always down. (laughs) I'm not working. I just quit my job because of Corona. So (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm cool with that. So you guys, of course, 
you know where to find me. You can subscribe at Mixing with Moni on anywhere you listen to podcasts. And of course, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mixing with Moni. M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And talk to you later. Bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.